Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight's show is going to really be one that everybody's going to learn something from. With whatever you do, we're talking about be preparing for Pesach, not how to clean your house and not what to buy, or regular things anyway. We're talking about one specific thing. We're talking about matzah, and we're going to talk tonight about chabura matzahs. We're going to explain what that is, explain to you the different different concepts, the different levels in matzahs, and we're going to be talking with Rabbi Avram Wright, who we've had on the show a number of times already. I think this is the fourth time, as I remember unless I'm wrong, and uh, he's the Mechaber of four Svarim, three of which we discussed, and I told him I didn't do the fourth one, we have to do it another time. He has the Sefer Lekicha Tama, which is on uh, taking a lulav, choosing a proper lulav and esrig. And we have tuk, he has Taka B'Shoifer, which is about how to buy a shofar and how to blow it. Zeka Parasi uh, is about the Kaparas. And uh, he has a book on, which I didn't see, it's out 10 years already, Chalutz Hanal, about Chalitza. Well, that's definitely something that I want to discuss in a future show. I've seen a few Chalitzas, and uh, they're very interesting. Uh, Rabbanim of all types go to these things, and they're usually uh, uh, people who are, you know, very well trained in this area, and the younger Rabbanim are trying to learn from them. It's a very, very interesting thing to see. Anyway, uh, tonight's program is about exactly what we're talking about, Chabura um, Matzahs. So without further ado, Rabbi Wright, you want to tell us a little bit, what does it mean, a Chabura Matzah, as opposed to regular Matzah? And are we talking about hand or machine or both? Well, first of all, Rabbi Wickler, thank you very much for having me back. It's a pleasure to be back here, and it's a real pleasure to come here and talk about something which I feel very passionate about. And I love to make... This, I explain this idea to the public and to explain to them why the Chaburs do what they do and what the benefit to the common person who d- never heard yet about Chabur Matzis or doesn't, hasn't yet participated in a Chaburah, why he may want to participate in a Chaburah. <coughs> so to answer your question, what is a Chaburah? A Chaburah is a group of people that goes to a matzah bakery and bakes their own matzahs. There's all different ways they can do it. They can take over the bakery where they send the regular workers home, and the chabura does everything on their own. To chaburas that just one or two people that come into a bakery, and they supervise what's being done. And there's a hundred possibilities in between. Well, there's very often a whole group that comes in to supervise, a very big group. Usually. One of the main benefits of the Chabura, one of the main things the Chabura is trying to accomplish is the added manpower. So they bring extra people to do the extra work which they need done that the bakery doesn't have enough staff to handle. That's one of the things that Chabura is looking to do. Well, but we'd like, I think we're still ahead of, the, you know, ahead of ourselves. Why do we have Chabura matzahs? I mean, when I go to a store... Let's say I go to a store right now. Go to uh, I'm not going to mention the names of the stores, but you can always say Glatmart around here. So, so you go to a store and, and you see for sale matzahs, and there are boxes of matzahs. Some come from Israel, some come in uh, the, the square matzahs, some are round matzahs. So the price is uh, pretty similar, sometimes a little higher, uh, high, a little higher end. 
they're certainly not what those other people are paying in the for those chabura matzahs. What what is it that the is different between the Chabura Matzah. Why would somebody send everybody home and do the work? Aren't they good bots and bakeries? I'm going to answer your question, but indirectly. I want to tell you like this. I've been going touring matzah bakeries for over 20 years. I've toured bakeries in America, the whole, in the tri-state area. I've toured bakeries in Israel. I've been to hand bakeries, I've been to machine bakeries, I've spoken, I've interviewed the owners of many, many bakeries, I've been out to the wheat fields to watch them cut the grain, I've been to machine bakeries, I've been on the production end, I've spoken to Mashkichim, I've spoken to their Bonham, I speak to the people that run the Chaburis, and there's a, the first thing you have to know the first thing you have to know about all the bakeries, that all the bakeries, is that there's no bakery that's producing matzahs that are not kosher. That's rule number one. Every bakery is producing kosher matzahs. Rule number two, there is no bakery that I've seen that produces matzahs that are kosher lechatechila. Let's just define the word lechatechila. means, according to the Mechaber and Shulchan Aruch and the Mishaburah. In other words, only it, taking these two sheets into, into consideration, there is no there is no bakery that produces matzahs that are, that are not kosher, and there's no bakery that produces matzahs that are kosher lechatechila. And and therefore, on the regular standard run, without some kind right. of extra implement and some kind of extra things going on. So then, that, that, that's the purpose of the chabura to upgrade it to. To bring it up to the standard of, of lechatchila, of the mishabura, at least the standard of lechatchila of the mishabura and mechaber, and sometimes better than that. So let's start. Then that's a good point to start from. Tell us a little bit about what the mechaber says and what the mishabura says, so we can understand what level we're trying to shoot for in doing the chabura matzah. Okay, before that, we have to understand what goes on a matzah bakery. What happens in a matzah bakery to begin with? To a person who's never been there, it's a very simple process. You take flour, you take water, you mix it, you roll it, you bake it. Very simple process. If you've never been to a if you've never been to a matzah bakery, if you've been to a matzah bakery, you know that from the time that the flour mixes with the water until it gets into the oven can take as much as seven minutes. It means a lot of things are happening in the interim. So, <clears throat> what what is happening? They have to first they have to mix the the flour with the water. Then they have to knead it. It's a, sep- it's a separate process. In most bakeries, it's a separate person doing that. Then they have to form the dough into balls. Then they have to roll it. Then they have to put holes into it. And they have to put it into the oven. Between each stage, they have to move the dough from station to station because these don't happen all in the same place. They get, they get the, the kneading is in one place. The rolling is in somebody else. The holes are someplace else. The oven is in, has to be in a different room. So you have to move it this, the, um, from stage to stage. Usually the sorest point, the sorest point is in the movement from stage to stage, getting it from station one to station two. That's usually the sorest point in a, gen- in a generic commercial bakery. You're talking about, you're about hands now? You're talking about hands or you're talking about machine? All, all, Let's take all, the hand for a second. Let's take a hand for a second. The way they move it is that they throw it. Depends, so how's that? Depends which bakery you're in. Some, there are bakeries that throw it, and that is a... That that's a step up from what the what was going on before this. Would they had a little a, a man coming by with a, a right. little with a little uh, 
piece of wood and you put it the mats on there and then you slept he slept at someplace else and until the man came there was a certain hesitation a certain time a downtime and they some of the people were working the matzah during that time and some people didn't work it because it was already finished so there was uh they just sort of waiting for that man to show up and he was doing somebody else first right now you know you mentioned the, the throwing the throwing is a new thing which is started started recently in the last few years and it came because of competition. There was a rush to get the things done faster and better. And a lot of the bakeries learned the tricks that the Chaburis were teaching them, and they implement them into their regular runs. And I have to tell you that in the last five to eight years, going back five, eight years, the competition brought the standard of the generic commercial matzah. It brought it up a lot. It really raised the, the standard. So there's been a lot of improvement in what's going on in the regular bakery and the regular runs in the last few years. It's we're talking still, still, up, still, still talking... Not, uh, it's still not up to par. We're still talking only about... The, right now we're talking uh, hand. Is machine is not is not probably... In, in America it hasn't changed very significantly. In Israel maybe it is changing. I'm not sure. But uh, do... Uh, uh, would machine you say that... Strides opened a new bakery this year in Jersey. and I haven't been there yet, so I don't know if anything's changed. But it's a brand new modern facility. But, we don't, but in Israel... They, they have they upgraded since the Chaburis? in Israel, by the way, from what I understand, all of the Bnei Torah, and what you call Bnei Torah, called the, they're called Haredi, all of these people are buying Chabura matzahs, machine and hand. However, they afford it, I don't know, but they, they as I understand, uh, Ben Torah in, in Eretz Israel would definitely def, get. Chabura uh, matzah from a machine, and not just take uh, even a good hashkocha uh, where there was no chabur at all. Is that correct? Is that with your experiences? I don't disagree with you. Okay. Matzahs, first of all, chabur matzahs do not have to cost more. Okay. <laughs> That's number one. In fact, there are chaburs that the matzahs are cheaper. There are. Okay. Because they buy in bulk, they can get it at a better price. All right. So, we have a sponsor coming up, he's, and he's basically the same price as the stores, uh, and you don't see anything, and they changed. Yes, I understand that. But forget about the price, but the idea that they're trying to get the Chabura matzahs as opposed to just buying with a regular Hashkach, is that correct? Yeah, and people who are knowledgeable, anybody who reads the Mishnah Buddha is very motivated to get only Chabura matzahs. If you speak to anybody who's been through the process of buying matzahs, observing what goes on in a matzah bakery, you'd be very, anybody who's, who would be very motivated to get only chabur matzahs. Many, many yeshiva lights, not just in Israel, in America too, in Lakewood is very popular. Every bakery runs, has chaburs days. For the, days uh, for, the for the hand matzahs. But in Israel, right. they also do machine chaburs. Right, that's that what I'm pointing out. Uh, they do it for, for money because the machines are much cheaper. Right. Well, that's not the maybe the, that's not the only reason. There was a big machlekas, but a lot a lot of the people in Yerushalayim, a lot of people who, who are very Haredi, only use machine matzahs if possible because they feel it's a heater if you do it the right way. There were the old yeah. machlekas. I'm not going to get lost. In, I think we get lost in that we discuss the difference between machine and hand. But the but the people who are using machine in Israel, many of them hold dafka to get machine and even use it at the seder. Uh, I don't know if they all use it at the, for the three matzahs. I don't know. I, that, that, I can't be sure. Yeah, that's true. That there are there are people in Israel, mostly in Israel, but there's, a, there's a people here in America also. The, the breweries in Washington Heights, they they only use machine matzahs. The Vina officially, I don't know what it's like today, but the Vina originally had only used machine matzahs. 
there are groups here in America also that, that prefer machine matzahs to hand matzahs, out kashras. Um, some there are people that use it just plain because they don't see a difference. Right. That's true. And it's well, it's you're right that the Yishlaim but a makbit to use only machine matzahs. They don't they won't use hand matzahs. Um, I, I heard a story from actually a Khanan Pera sponsor told me this yeah. recently that Rebellious Tvei once came to Rissa Zalman Meltzer with yeah. hand matzahs and Rissa Zalman Meltzer did not let him into the house with them. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It definitely yeah, the, the was. The only use machine matzahs. Right. Not hand matzahs at all. Okay, I want to go back to the topic of the Chaburus. Chaburus, what I, what I want to talk about is how the regular person today could make a Chabura and why should make a Chabura. It's hard for the regular person in the United States today to make a Chabura because the two main machine matzahs, for machine matzahs, because machine matzahs in, in America are made in two factories, either Stripes or Manischewitz. All the different brands are made in these, one of these two factories, no matter what brand, no matter what label it says in the box, any American-made matzah is made in one of these two factories. And um, they're not really open to making Chaburas for a private guy to come in and take an hour. It would slow it down to, to, too much. Yeah, yeah. It would, would not be worth it for them. They have, in Eretz Israel, there are machine, there are bakeries, machine matzah bakeries that were designed specifically for Chaburas. Mm. They're designed specifically for that, and that's what, their, that's what their goal is to do, just to make machine matzahs. And uh, people go from all over the world. They come from, from the United States. They come from the, 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 um, the Swiss. Mm. The, um, they, they don't use machine matzahs. They go to Eretz Israel to these bakeries, and they... Do on chaburs. Do on chaburs. Yeah. I think we should. Can we get the Mishnah Brewer and the Machaber? Yes. Yeah, so now, because let's get to that. <laughs> why, why do you want to get? To, why do? You, why does the average guy want to have a chabura matzah? The answer is, like we said, the matzahs in a regular matzah bakery, just the way they're set up. There's no reason why it has to be this way. It's just that's how they're set up. That matzahs sit around. The dough is mixed, and the dough sits in th- various places along the system. Dough will sometimes sit around doing nothing. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that is that the Mechaber, and I'm going to read it to you, the Mechaber in, in Shulchan Aruch, in, <coughs> here, in, it's actually in Tav Samach, Marked it there. Marked <laughs> it. You don't want tough, tough, no test? Is it tough, no test? Yeah. Yeah. The Mechaber and tough, no test, Steve Bates reads like this Lo yinicho isa beloi eisek, afilu rega echod. It should not leave the dough. <clears throat> and there's details about exactly which stage. We're, we're talking about, but you should not leave the dough without keeping to work it. I feel rega echad. That's the sheet of machaber. Rega echad, meaning we're defining by a minute or less than that. Sometimes rega is just used as a, even a smaller amount, just minimal. <coughs> Later, the machaber repeats it. Mechaber, in the end of that, see if he repeats himself. If they used the, you worked with the dough, and the dough was heated by the hands, if you leave it at that point without working the dough, zero shahir. That's right, zero shahir. No hesitation. 
So on that, the Mishmaru says, what Miyad Yachmetz, so the Mishmaru says that the Efshir, that's not, he's not sure of this, the Efshir, the Miyad, the Ka'amar Bechabel, Lav Dafka. Doesn't mean exactly Miyad, instantly. A small amount. How small Mishmaru doesn't tell us. But Mishmaru continues, that to do like the Mechaber, the little shot in the Mechaber, to be careful that those should not sit even for one second. But if it sat for a few seconds, Mishmaru is going to say that even the Mechaber is going to agree that it's not Chametz. So, this is what we said earlier. Now, nobody argues on this Mechaber. The, the Shekhnarach brings only one opinion over here. The Mishabura does not bring anybody who argues on this. On this, There's nobody who argues on this. The Bi'alacha, the Bi'alacha, not the Mishabura, the Bi'alacha says that it appears from several Rishonim that they probably couldn't agree with this. Okay? We don't know for sure. They don't talk, they don't address it head on. They don't address it directly and say that this is, they disagree with the Mechaber. But certain things they say lead us to believe that they don't agree with what the Mechaber says. Therefore, the Mishmur says, B'di'evet, you don't have to worry about it. So, B'di'evet, if a dough was worked, and then it sat, how long? I don't know, Mishmur says, L'chathil, it shouldn't sit more than a second, but let's leave it a few seconds, let's leave it five seconds, seven seconds, ten seconds, let's, let's, let's give it that much leeway. So at that point, the Mishmur would say, don't use the masa. the Shekhnach would say, it's chametz. But the Biyalacha says, well, there are opinions in the Shain that probably, according to them, it's still kosher. So if you're the type of fellow that, that is happy with that type of logic, so you have a Biyalacha that says that it's probably kosher. So we're not going to say that any matzah bakery is producing chametz, but any bakery that is making matzahs, they should, the chathila, be trying to get it done faster. And that is one of the main things the Chaburis are looking to do, right. to move the dough faster. Is it possible to move the dough faster than the bakeries move it? 100%. It's definitely possible. The Chaburis come and they do it. But in a uh, hand matzah bakery, it is impossible, unless you do one matzah at a time, it's impossible not to have some kind of downtime because there's a, a stick and they put, sometimes they're, they put on four or five matzahs on that stick and some of the places they're you know you know more of a chabur they'll try for two matzahs or three matzahs but one matzah is very expensive you only put one matzah on the stick at a time and then then maybe you can keep running and and rush into the oven but normally there is a downtime on that stick where their matzahs are collecting before they're brought into the oven i disagree with that go ahead how how you disagree you're thinking this way because you're looking at the old system. I saw that. There it. are today bakeries that have what they call a Chabura system. It's yeah. called a Chabura system. The bakery is designed to accommodate the Chaburas. These bakeries have it set up where they can produce multiple matzahs, can reach the redler. He's the fellow who puts the holes in. Multiple matzahs can reach the redler at the same second, get the holes put in, and get put onto a stick, and get into the oven without waiting second was it, it yes. They, yeah, yes. That, that means to say you have multi reg, multi yes, regular regular because you can't some you can a red, one, one red holes one redler some bakeries have two some bakeries have four really yes there are bakeries that are designed wow. to handle this there's a cost extra nowadays the cost extra competition will eventually bring it down 
I have to research the, what, whether we're doing the bakery that I work in. I, the truth of the matter is that I'm, I'm watching it at the ovens, and I don't have time to go see what they're doing with right. the red ling and the banana stick. Right. Just logic but dictated that it would. I remember seeing the old days. I remember seeing them sitting on the yeah, stick. competition hasn't helped a lot. Wow. That's, that's very, very, very nice. I'm glad to hear. But again, that's only the Chabura matzahs. And, and one thing I think I'm, all this is to understand, as, as wonderful as the matzah bakeries are on the regular basis, obviously they have highly qualified people. Those are the ones that you're doing it all year, all, all winter, all long all season. They're very highly capable, and they can take hard work for a long period of time. But everybody knows that the pressures of life are such that you can't be uh, functioning at the same pace the entire day from you know from the first second till the end, there's a certain amount of uh, you know, there's this whatever it is downtime weaknesses, human frailties. Call it what you will. When the chabura comes in, they know that the chabura is looking for a certain quality of efficiency, and the chabura will pay them a tip usually, and 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 therefore the workers of all the workers there are primed that this group we got to take care of. Of course, it gets hard when they're, they're piled up one group after another, but at least they're doing their best. And you can see it when the Chabur is finished. I watch it all the time. When the Chabur is finished, you see a sigh of relief on the part of the workers, and the whole system changes back to a different functioning. It's amazing how quickly it can change back to a different way of functioning. Again, again, you're talking about some bakeries on the old system. <laughs> there are bakeries that can really. Do I'm going to get a list of the bakeries without, that are going without, on the system without, without raising a sweat. They really can get everything done really quick, really efficiently, and I'm very excited to be part of those bakeries. I, I was really excited to see them, and in fact, this year I switched my personal chavura yeah. from one of the old system bakeries to one of the new system bakeries. I needed a fraction. Of the sta- of my own manpower to bring a fra- I needed wow. a fraction. I came usually came with eight or ten people to my old bakery. I came with three to my new bakery, and one and one person did nothing. Oh. So I brought only three. Pe- I know I, I, I brought four people altogether. Three worked, and one. Well, uh, do you to think do. it would be inappropriate to mention the the one you I chose? Say, I will not okay. say. I'll not okay. say which bakery this was. Okay. No. Okay. Good. Okay. So then but we we we'll have to the, in the dark. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a lot that could be done, and if a bakery is conscientious about it, there's a lot that could happen. Bakeries. I spoke to the, to the owners of why the old the bakeries of the old system why they do what they do, and they say because it's fine for the customers. The customers right. Don't, customers. Don't, the customers. Nobody don't bothers them. Nobody bothers them. Customers don't ask for more. The customers are happy. If it's, if it's not, it's not even the customers. They're buying a box, and the box doesn't talk back. They don't ask any questions to the box. You're buying a box right. in a store. So the people who care, they tell me, those are the Chabura people. They come down to the bakery, and they do whatever they want to make it, the system work to their liking. People who don't care, they don't care. Why should we do anything for people that don't mind? I think it's an appropriate time to read our sponsor's words. Go right ahead. <laughs> okay. The, our sponsor for this program tonight is, uh, uh, is uh, the, the Chabura Matzahs from Rabbi Elchanan Peir. He has, uh, Rabbi Peir has organized the Chabura t- a B'nai Torah for a special run of machine and hand matzahs with many hidurim at the Beis Shemesh Matzah Bakery in Israel. It's available in very limited amounts, especially... The hand matzahs. There are very few of those. The these hidurim include the following, and I'm going to bring read six of them. There really are many more. 
inspecting and recleaning all parts of the machine before baking and after every 18-minute dough. This is very detailed work and needs caring B'nai Torah who have patience and enough time. The baking did not restart until they were sure that all the parts were 100% clean. I hope we'll discuss this a little bit because we like to really see what the difference between this is and, and what other people are doing. A Ben Chabura wiped out the mixer bowl after each dough during the baking, not just at the end of the run, during the baking each time so that no crumbs from the previous dough would remain when the flour from the next Myra is poured. A Ben Chabur was stationed at the Piha Tanner, that's the opening of the oven, to make sure that the matzahs were, weren't touching each other as they entered the oven. And that, that person also had to make sure that if the conveyor belt stopped for whatever reason, in the middle of the run, the matzahs from there, from there on were not packed by, by, the, by Rabbi Perez Chabura. And I want to add another thing that they were very also careful, but they, that they removed crumbs. There were crumbs uh, that, that, could, that would fell, could fall in the way of the matzahs as they passed through. So the person who was staring near the piatanor had really like three functions to do. And it was a thing, he could, one person could do it, but he, he just wasn't wasting his time over there. He really had plenty to do. A Ben Chabura watched the matzahs as they came out of the oven to remove any kfulas. Kfulas are where they double over and, they, and they, uh, uh, they're like a, a space in between, a bubble. A Ben Chabura is, uh, prepared the Mayim Shalanu at Shkia from an underground well. And last but not least, the clock started ticking when the water first hit the flour. And it stopped before the clock hit 18 minutes. Some other commercial machine matzahs are really 22.5 minutes matzahs, but they, or they call it 18 minutes from the shulchan. In other words, as they, there's a way that they uh, make it sound like 18 minutes, but it's really 22.5. These are just a few of the changes the Chabura implemented in the machine and hand matzah by Chabura. For, in, for more information and a complete list of hidurim, as well as information, uh, about the, how to get the matzahs. So call uh, 347-699-7377 or email elipp120 at gmail.com. I'm going to read the numbers back again. So if you can write it down, it'd be, uh, it'd be could I to find out what it's all about. 347-699-7377 or you could email E-L-I-P-P-120 at gmail.com. And I want to explain to you, and if you lose those numbers, you can contact me. I'll get you in touch with them. But what I, what I want you to know is the price of these matzahs is basically the same price you're going to find in a store with, in a regular box with, without any chabur on it. Uh, they kept the price of the hand matzahs down very, very, very low. Not like regular chaburas here in, the, in America that, that, I'm, that I've been using. But uh, they, they keep it very, very low. And also, the, the machine matzahs are really not phenomenally high. They're very inexpensive. And, I, and anybody who wants to make extra hidurim this year for Pesach, this is an excellent opportunity. I'll give you the number once more. It's 347-699-7377. So what are we up to? Well, first of all, thank you, Rabbi Wickler, for uh, seconding my contention that Chabur matzahs do not have to be more expensive. Rabbi Khan was able to produce Chabur matzahs at a price 
less than <coughs> less than hand matzahs were selling for last year. Right. His, his prices advertising this year are less than the hand matzahs were selling last year. Regular commercial right. store bought uh, matzahs. So and the regular chaburim, the chaburim matzahs that we get ourselves, you or me, we've got, we're paying uh, maybe don't, double don't the price. Don't say what I pay. Or we got special rates. <laughs> no, or? but I don't pay a fortune, and I'm very satisfied with what I have because I think that if you, if you know the system, it's very easy to to just make a few tweaks here and there and get everything that you need without making um, without making creating havoc in the bakery and, and raising the price. So that's something that people have to understand. When a chabura goes to the matzah bakery, every time they say another thing that they want, and we want this, and, and we also want this, that costs more money it, because it, it produces less matzahs usually, and there's loss. So for example, I stand at the oven, and I check every matzah when it comes out. Invariably, some of them, Break or some of them, this or that. It, so it is, it's 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 a part of the system, and certainly we're very careful, and we've been doing we've been doing it for many, many, many years. But still, in all, there's a certain amount uh, that the company may lose on it. We don't throw the matzah out, but it's not a whole one anymore. It became shvarim, and a lot of our matzahs we don't take. They have to sell them to the uh, to other customers because we we reject them. So. The owner knows what we're doing. He accepts what we're doing, and our, but he obviously sets the price based upon that because he has to figure out the amount of loss that's going to occur uh, and, and, and the time and, the, and the, the slowness, a little slower than the regular production because when, the, when we're not there, they can just fling them out one after the other. Here, when I'm there, they, they slow down a little bit because they don't want to burn us and, they wanna, and we, we have to pile the matzahs up. So... There is a time issue, and, and that time is money. Okay. That's true what you're saying for the most part. I want to redirect this conversation. I want to go back to our original point. Why should a person make his own chaburah to reduce matzahs? So we, we gave a little bit of a reason so far, but I want to say the most compelling reason is because it's a halach and shulchan aruch. The mechaber and tough. Samach, Siv Beis, the Mechaber says, Harosh mitzvah. The Rosh used to, used to personally participate in making the matzahs mitzvah, the matzahs for the Seder. And he stood there when they made the matzahs. And he encouraged the workers. And he took part in the work. He helped out with arranging the matzahs. Mechaber says, "V'chein roi, and that's appropriate. L'chol adam la'aslis. Every person should participate in making the matzahs. They tapel huba atzmoid b'mitzvah. He personally should be involved in doing the mitzvah himself. So some people so, like to call it the rush matzahs. Even though they don't mean they don't mean this mechaber. They don't mean this mechaber. They call rush matzahs. They don't mean this. They mean something else. <laughs> but here again." The, 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 the rush personally went down to, to participate in baking the matzahs, at least the matzahs used for the Seder. And the reason why he did this, Mishmur says, is because matzahs are a mitzvah, like any other mitzvah, and mitzvah boy It's always preferable for a person to do the matzahs himself, the mitzvah himself, than to have some, send a shliach to do it. So, yes, you could get kosher matzahs, the best quality kosher matzahs. Even according to Rabbi Wickler, you can get. Chaburu matzahs, you can buy them commercially. But you still will be missing out on the Shulchan Aruch says that mitzvah and every person should 
part- personally participate in making his own matzahs because it's a mitzvah and it's a mitzvah to do it yourself. Now, is it so difficult of a mitzvah to do yourself? Matzah bakeries are all over the tri-state area. Any matzah bakery will accommodate a person to come in and make his own matzahs. Even if you don't know anything about the matzah baking process, and even if you don't know any of the chumras and hidurim that you want to implement in your bakery, just to be there personally and stand in the bakery, according to the machaber, you accomplish something, that you, even though you didn't do any work. Because the rush himself just stood there. He was, he was as the workers. That's all he did. He also says that he helped a little bit. Maybe he did something. But you don't have to do anything. Just being there, being mezariz the workers, according to the machaber, that's also considered a mitzvah, mitzvah by Yosem Shluchai, and that is enough of a benefit to do it. Now, what happens if you go to matzah bakery and you know nothing about matzah baking? You know nothing about matzah baking. Already, you made the system work better. Why? Like Rukla said earlier, workers in the matzah bakery, as dedicated as they may be, and as hardworking as they are, and the fact that they know everything that has to get done, that they are the professionals, and they know how to do it, with time, they wear out. It's mindless work that takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, and they get distracted, and they, sl- and they slouch. They slack off. As the second you walk into a bakery, the second you walk into a bakery, no matter who you are, no matter what you know, every worker stands straighter, works more energetically. I've done this a hundred times in all the bakeries I've been to. The second a stranger walks into the bakery, the second they see you, they stand straighter, they work faster, they work more efficiently. And just the fact that you stepped into the bakery, already the quality of the matzahs and the cashless of the matzahs has already improved. Very true. Very true. They don't know that you don't know anything. <laughs> and that okay. I, I've been in that situation more than once. I think I mentioned on the radio once. I once saw a shrita, and there was nobody there but the shoichet and me. It was a small shrita, And uh, the, the shoichet did something wrong. And I'm not a maven. I know, I could see what it was. He probably had a, a nick on the knife or something, but... But he wasn't sure if the bird caused it or whatever. And he goes looking at the bird. He's looking at the knife. He's looking at me. And in the end, he decided to make a trafe. So he probably thought that I knew exactly what was happening when I really didn't know a key who was there. But that is the same way with all these workers. And they don't know who you are, that what you represent. And, and they, they have to worry about their bottle of bus and not getting into trouble for them. So therefore, they, they do change. The fact that you're in the bakery makes them work better. Don't walk into a bakery random without an appointment. The, the boss will be very disturbed. You're going to interfere a lot. And you might make real problems because you could be in standing in the wrong place and interfering uh-huh. with the real work that has to happen. So don't come in without an appointment. But any bakery will accommodate you, make an appointment, they'll give you, if you need 10, matzo, 10 pounds of matzah or, or f- 5 pounds of matzah, they'll let you be there for a few minutes just to stand there, supervise, see, buy the matzahs that are made under your supervision, and be on your way. So the first and primary reason why a person should be uh, should be involved in baking the matzahs is because the says so. Now, another point I want to make is there's a second reason why the why this why to, why the mechaber says to be involved personally in your matzahs. The, not Mishmur doesn't bring it, but the mechab, but the Vilna Goyen learns that that's a pshat in the Shulchan Aruch. The Zeshitas HaGoyenim quoted in the Torah that the Goyenim said that, that 
if person, in order to be yoytze, the mitzvah of matzah, you have to make the matzah yourself personally. You cannot be yoytze, the mitzvah of matzah, but matzah is made by somebody else. That was the Shita Sagoyim. It's brought in the Torah. The Vilna Goyim learns that that's the Pshat in this Mechaber. The reason why the Mechaber says you should be there personally is because you cannot be yoytze, but matzah is made by somebody else. Now, the Mishru doesn't bring that, so maybe we don't pass them like, that way. Although, could be the Shulchan Aruch is passing like that. But these are very compelling reasons why you want to be in the matzah bakery, making the matzahs yourself. And that's considered that you were making it somehow, even though you the don't Mechabra do anything? The says that you have to be there to Mazari to be the workers. There. Right. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Okay, that's one very compelling reason. The second very compelling reason to be there is, like, as I Wilker and I spoke earlier, is that there are sore spots in the regular system that when you come into the bakery, the added manpower, the added knowledge can make the system work much smoother. Makes the system work much smoother. Because there are more people, things move from station to station faster. If, if something has to sit in a certain place, you can have people there to work the dough, roll it, ro- I mean, like roll the balls, keep the balls moving. You can roll a stick over the matzah to keep the matzah from, from sitting without anything happening to it, and, and, and such type of things. So the manpower, the extra manpower, moves things from station to station faster, and it, wh- where it is, it keeps it working. There's another very important uh, thing you have to think about, which the Mechaber mentioned also there in Tufton Tess, and that is the heat factor. Right. The matzah bakers are supposed to be kept cold. Flour, the, the dough has to be kept cold, but, but, the sor- but, but according to Shulchan Aruch, once the dough is worked by hand and it's touched by hand, it, it's liable to come chametz just from the fact that you worked it by hand. And if so, according to the Machaber, you have less than 18 minutes. 18 minutes is only for dough, flour, and water that was mixed that was not touched by human hands. If it was mixed by human hands, it has much less than 18 minutes. So what the This is one of the, reason, do, one of the reasons why the people who want machine matzahs yeah. would prefer... Because they can even use a they use a Hobart machine to, to mix. Right. If they keep it cold properly, as I understand from my pair, they do keep it cold, very cold. And, and then then actually they didn't have the chisaron of starting with the hands because right. it goes right into the. Right. So the other thing the chaburs are looking out is to keep the heat around. Now, what's the, where's the heat in the matzah bakery? The answer is that the dough itself is hot. And one of the things chaburs try to do is they try to avoid dough touching dough. Dough shouldn't touch dough. Because the Mishru says in Hilchas earlier, he doesn't say it's, it's treif if you don't do this. I mean, I don't mean it's treif, I mean chametz, if you're not careful about this. But the Mishru earlier in Simon Tofnun Zion says that it's nachain not to allow, it's, that he says like this, there are people who want to fold the dough of one side of the dough on the other, over the other side of the dough in order to take challah. Writes, to fold the dough, to, when they separate the It's not a good minik. Don't do that because the problem is you're putting dough on top of dough. And putting dough on top of dough is a wrong thing. It doesn't make it chametz instantly, but it's a wrong thing to do. So you want to, one thing the Chabuz try to avoid is they try to avoid having dough touch dough. I've I've seen uh, again. You're going to say it's the old style, but I've seen many times that the women who are making matzahs or whoever's making matzahs, they have a little piece of dough, and they throw it back on top of the matzah and try to 
uh, to try to so use So a Chabur wouldn't allow such a thing. Wouldn't allow it. A Chabur shouldn't allow that. I mean, it depends how many how much manpower Chabur has, but they, they have people sometimes standing at the tables wiping off stray little flecks of dough that fall off the matzah. That's what basically was he was saying before. Okay. Uh, yes, in fact, yeah. are they? Yes, what? Yeah, well, of course we get text. We're gonna get a, we're gonna get some calls in a minute. Uh, let me just take a minute off and and read uh, from our about Glockmart, which is our regular sponsor. They're located conveniently at twelve oh five Avenue M. When I think of uh, Glockmart, I think of price, service, convenience, and quality. And truthfully, I also think about Pesach because I always remember how how well trained their workers are in removing anything that would, could be possibly chametz, making sure that every single thing in the Pesach section is 100% kosher Pesach. I, I, I never saw such a group of people work like that in my life. So that was always, always impressed me how well trained they were. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. And uh, one of the ways to save money is in time, actually, is to use their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with those special items that you purchase in the store. And uh, I hope to have uh, Dovan in the near future discussing a little bit about Glotmart and Pesach. But right on sale now, today and tomorrow, uh, you could have family pack filet steak, $9.99 a pound. Family pack beef stew, $7.99 a pound. Pashka's Silhouette Wafer Rolls, 3.5 ounces, one twenty nine. Tase's Choice Coffee, 12 ounce, $9.99. Amnon's Regular 8 Slice Pizza, $7.39. Baby Carrots are 89 cents. Mahadran Yogurt is 99 cents. These are just some of the items that are on sale right now at Glotmart. And at Glotmart, the, the quality of the meats is A1, with kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatikashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor, at Glotmart, you're getting quality kosherists. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M, meaning your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kosherists on the Air over J-Root Radio. I just want to uh, mention again the telephone number if anybody wants to order these matzahs from uh, Rabbi Pear. It's actually not from him directly, but his matzahs. You call 347-699-7377. Again, 347-699-7377. Or you email them E-L-I-P-P-120 at gmail.com. Tell them they heard it from me. I'm not worried about it. And if they're gonna, they're gonna definitely know it's from me. Let, let's take a look at one of these things. Okay, you wanted to handle this first one over here. You, you want to read that for me? Yeah. Why is the price of matzah so high? If it doesn't cost so much to make, uh, people could go poor just by buying matzah. Machine matzah, Manashevitz matzah is not so expensive. Right. The hand matz, well, and and we'll even hear the chabura matzahs from the machine uh, matzahs because be, the machine's doing the work. So, right. but hand matzahs, but you have to pay people. They don't get paid minimum wage. The, the workers in these bakeries, they're, they're they're professionals. They're seasonal. They have to be paid well. So the official answer is because there's a lot, a lot of people who have to be paid high salaries. That's the to get the work done. That's the official answer. The real answer is because there's no competition. There's competition only between the people, and they're sort of, they're sort of holding together. All the bakeries sell out all their matzah by the end of the season. Wow. And therefore, there's no competition. If a bakery would be left with 1,000 pounds of matzah at the end of the season, you can be sure the price would drop drastically. So the reason why the matzah is expensive is because there, um, there's no competition. Wow. wow. Okay. Um, another question. 
You can call anybody you want to call. Uh, ask, but stick only to the matzah issues with for right now. Maybe we'll have another minute. No, we won't have a minute. Stick to matzahs only. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Or you can text us at 347-927-8398. We're answering the text right now. 347-927-8398. Or call us at the studio. 718-683-5858. Anything you want to talk about matzahs. That's what we're here to talk about tonight, although our specialty is Chabura Matzahs and the added benefits that you have with Chabura Matzahs. Uh, someone asked, why don't the matzah bakeries have a vacuum to get rid of the dough that's on the floor that's chametz? I've seen it. I mean, the uh, hand machine matzahs, I see them baking, and uh, the floors are filled with chametz, and the chametz behind the kneading rods. The answer is that it's, they should have them, and the bakeries are starting to add them. Really, they're eating, they're eating, they're, yeah, they're eating the suction vacuums that are going to walls. No, I, I, you know, you, you said some things tonight that are very, very new to me, very important. You're talking about the old style and the new style. How can we, meaning, I mean, regular people, how could we affect some change in the system that we can get rid of the old style way of doing things and get everybody upgraded to the new style? Call the the owner of the bakery that you shop at, that you buy his matzahs, and tell him how much you appreciate his matzahs, they like the quality, and you would love to know if he's is willing to upgrade to... X, Y, and Z. To, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, a, few, a few requests from their customers, and they'll think, things will change very quickly. Okay, we have a caller. Let's go ahead. You're on, you're on cautious on the air. Can we help you? Yeah, we'd like to talk about matzahs. Yes, go ahead. You're on the air. I'm there. Okay. You are on the air now. Go ahead. Yes, you're speaking to Rabbi Wickler and Rabbi Avram Wright. Yes. 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 That, uh, Turn down what you're listening to in the background. Yes, you, we're to talking to you and you can't you hear know? us. And this guy who said about the Chabura is better than the regular. I disagree with him. But uh, he's right that if you're there on the regular people, it's uh, very good to give them a tip and they will do it better. But uh, the Chabur people, most of them, don't know so well like the regular people who are working the whole winter. So he's right with that to give them a tip and to give motivation. But he shouldn't, uh, shouldn't the Chabur people, which most of them does not uh, know so well the work, so I'm not so excited about that. Um, I'm, I'm, I just I appreciate what you said. First of all, it's not a guy. This is Rabbi Wright over here. Uh, he's a Talmud Chacham. Uh, you got to give the due respect. But but let, but let I, I want to first understand what you're saying. The people from the Chabur that you're talking about that are coming into these matzah bakeries, what are they doing? Are they watching other people, or they're doing work no, and they're doing they it wrong? The Chabur come, they're doing their work, and they they help, and they're not so familiar like the people who they. Working right. the whole winter, uh, the, the the people who are working the whole winter, all day, are getting eaten up with the time. But if you come in, like you said, the, the stranger comes in and is uh, the tip or a good word, they will work better. But come as a as a monitor, not as a worker, because they have their hands on more better than you. Very good. I, I appreciate what you're saying. What you're telling us is that when people come in with the Chabura 
first of all, they have to treat the people who were there properly. And that's the, it goes right. back to the old days with the Aitza that when you, go, when you go to the matzah bakery, what do you have to watch out for? So the Rav said, you got to watch out not to mistreat the, the old ladies who are working there in the, yeah. in, the, in the matzah bakery. So don't question, they have to have derech heretz to the people who are working there and I try to get along with them and listen to them and not get in their way. And also that you're right, that they don't know everything is so well. Uh, that's also a function of the people who are arranging the Chabura, that they should make sure that the people know enough and make sure to get out of the way. I think I thank you very much for the call. At least the people who they don't know, they shouldn't just uh, work and uh, not knowing what they're doing. Absolutely, they could be they could be destructive and they could waste uh, right. a lot of a lot of matzahs. Right. Thank you very much for the more, call. More carbon than 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 the zeros. Okay, so this, obviously that's the that's the the balance. We're trying to balance, that's right. uh, trying that's to right. balance improving the quality of the kashras, and we have to make sure we don't bring down in, in any way what's going on regularly. There's, right, but that's the There's no question that sometimes Abura is the worst matzah ever seen. I see the the latest style matzah from the regular work is the best. Then there's Habura people who they don't know what they're doing. Is the second. Then Erev when it's such a rush, is even worse than that. Okay, thank you very much. I also want to say this. It's, it is true that there are people who call themselves Chaburis that are not interested in doing anything, any improvement in Halacha. Mm-hmm. They're interested in being present because they think it's important to be present. And they do cause more damage than good. There are Chaburis who don't understand the science of Matzis or don't understand human relations. They don't have to express themselves, whatever it is. And they do cause more harm than good. And yes, the Achaburus who make, who make more problems and the matzahs are worse than if you bought generic commercial matzahs. It's for sure true. I had a very sad story a few years ago. I was at a matzah bakery. I mean, this fellow came in all excited with the Slavas, and he wanted to do his matzahs with, with great geschmack, and he wanted to participate. And he took a stick of matzahs from the red little table from where he made the holes, and he wanted to bring it to the oven. And without waiting for the baker to signal to come, he grabbed the stick, he ran to the bakery, to the, into the oven room, and he rammed the stick straight into the baker, knocked all the matzahs off the baker, off the stick, knocked the baker over, injured him. Knocked, mm. The baker mm. dropped all the mm. matzahs that he was taking out of the oven, and it was terrible. Oh There's no goodness. question that some people would be better off not in the bakery. You're 100% right. There are people who come in, and they really have improvements to make, but they don't know human relations. They don't know how to ask their, for their requests properly. Well, they don't speak clearly. They can't articulate their thoughts. And they, and, they, and they don't know how to tell the workers or the owners what to do. And those people can end up worse off than where they started. But if a person comes with forethought, forethought and speaks to the owners in advance, tells them exactly what he wants done, how he wants to get it done, usually these people improve the bakeries and I've seen where things that used to be only Chaburis would do, today the bakeries themselves do, because once it was explained to the owners what to do and how to do, it's so obvious that it's so much smarter to do it that way. It's more efficient. It's cheaper for them. Why shouldn't they want to do it? And it's for sure more kosher, so why not? Very good. Thank you for the call. Okay, is it off already? Okay. Um, I hear somebody texted in here. I heard from someone who worked at two matzah bakeries who said that the goimrim used to 
I don't know what that is. Lotion. <laughs> what is that? Lotion. Oh, uh, use, and uh, forget it too. Use lotion or condition on their arms and wipe the hands throughout so as not to get blisters. How can the buyers make sure that they're not being nichshol? In other words, that they're, they, they're coming in contact with things that are not kosher pesa. It's That's a mashkiyah's job. Should, right. It, should be, it could be a concern. <clears throat> um, it's not just nothing to do with going room, not just going room. Any, any yeah, person's rolling matzah, any person's rubbing or washing their hands all day, the, the people who need the dough have a much bigger problem because they get the dough all over their hands and they have to scrub much harder. And it could be a problem. And Meshkirch should be on top of that. And if you're a Chabura, then you should be on top of it. But they do wash their hands every 18 minutes. So even if they put on lotion before in the previous run, their hands are washed, hopefully with soap, and anything and it should have come off. What the bakeries are doing today because of that is they, they, the workers for the last few years, five, six years, the bakeries are insisting that the workers who are the most liable to have problems with their hands have to wear gloves. Mm. They, ha- they, wear the, they wear gloves. And, they, and some bakeries, they change their gloves more frequently than 18 minutes because the gloves themselves can be problems. The gloves can rip and stuff, and the gloves could, the dough can stick to the gloves. So the, uh, that's the, 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 you're right. It's, lotion could be a problem, and it's Mashkir's job to be on top of it. I'm going to ask a delicate question. I'm not trying to uh, make it life, life difficult. One second. We'll get to that one in a minute. I'm going to ask my delicate question. <laughs> we have, we, yeah, we'll get to that one second. Uh, we have almost every rabbi and every shul is selling matzahs from the shul. Whether he makes money on it, the shul makes money on it. Is that chabura matzahs for sure, or that's... Maybe Chabur, how would you touch that up? Are we saying that every rabbi who sells matzahs from the shul, is it Chabur matzahs because they're matzahs that he had some involvement with? Or is that, we weren't talking about that tonight. It's not an angle that I really looked into. It's not. Some of these people are, know what they're doing. They are helpful. Some of these people are just there um, for a private label. It doesn't mean that they're, trying to make anything better than the original bakery. They're not trying to enhance or improve anything. They're just, it's a private label. It's no different than any guy selling a filter fish who wants to put his own label. He goes to a factory, slaps his own label on it. So some of these people, it's, they're only just it's private label. No, there's no hidurim. Some of them know something, and they're coming in, they're asking special, um, special humrus. Sometimes, particularly in the chesidish groups, they're asking certain menhagim that they're rebel, they're zayda, you know, that type of thing, or makir on this or something else. And if you want that that particular thing, so then maybe there's a mile in that. All right. Thank okay. you very much. Okay. Uh, we have uh, somebody on the on the phone. Go ahead. Yvonne Kasha's on the air. Can we help you? Yes, Rabbi Yosef. Uh, I went to, a number of years ago. There's a certain person that made a whole um, commotion, rightfully so, about that some of the workers there in the, in the matzah bakeries were not Jewish. And uh, where Rabbi Reich learns a good part of the day, or he's there, around the corner of that matzo bakery, I see the women that come out of there, and I wouldn't guarantee that all of them are, are Jewish, let alone from. And I wanted to hear his comment on that. We're not going to comment about those bakeries nearby, but let's just comment on the general topic. This is a recent problem that was once a bakery, about eight or nine years ago, when the it's Russian, more, when, when, the Russian when the Russian immigration started to shrink and there were less and less Jews, Jewish, Jew, older Jewish women who were willing to do this kind of work, that there was a one there was a bakery 
who said, if you can't get the, the Russian ladies, let's hire Polish go- ladies. Hey, got Poland, we can Poland. pay the minimum wage, pay them a lot less, and get the job. Okay, get the job done for a lot less. None of the bakeries went along with it. All the other bakeries continued to use whatever system Demashkichim had put into place to ascertain that the women working there or the, or the men working there were only Jews. All the other bakeries opposed it. This one bakery tried it. It failed. It failed. The bakery changed ownerships because of it. And the new system, the new bakery, the new owners won't do that. Now, I can't tell you any particular bakery if all the people there are Jewish or not Jewish, but every bakery, and I spoke to Meshkichim, every bakery has a system to how they can figure out if their workers, obviously ones that don't go to shul, but the workers that come to there are Jews. They have systems. You can speak to, the, if you have a particular bakery you want to know about, call the Meshkich. Thank you very much for the call. Okay, we have, uh, uh, there was, he got a few of them over here. Which one do you want to answer? What about this one? Fifteen years ago, they served the flowery pizza, and not even pasta, which isn't a safe. In other words, the question is: the workers have to eat. Um, you know, I, I've seen it. They have upstairs a little place where they sit, and uh, they eat chametz, and then they come down and they're baking matzahs, and they're going up and having a break or whatever it is. They're going to eat. They're going to eat chametz. They're not eating matzah all day. So how do how does that handled in the in these bakeries? So this is really the Meshkiach's department. Every bakery has a system. I've spoken to different bakeries what their systems may be. Some bakeries do not allow the workers to bring any chametz into the into the into the into the facility. They have to keep it outdoors. They have special places to keep it. Some bakeries make the workers eat lunch. They have rooms for them or areas around them out off the off grounds of the bakery where they have to do it. I was once in a matzah bakery where Meshkiach came in and he checked the coat room. The Rav Machshe came in and checked the coat room. And he discovered something that didn't belong in there. It's against bakery rules. And he made a big show. He went into the room where the workers were working, and he ranted and raved. And I thought the man was maybe a lunatic because he was screaming and yelling. I was embarrassed. I was, I was afraid to be next to him. Um, a few minutes later, he saw me, and he gave me the biggest smile, and the nicest shalom aleichem, and he changed his whole persona. And I was just like, it couldn't be the same guy. But anyway, he made <laughs> such a fuss over it. And I think he's right. If the bakery's rules are that they're not allowed to bring that type of things into the facility, they shouldn't be bringing it in. Could it happen that you had a story? I don't know what your story was. You said it was 15 years ago. I don't know what happened 15 years ago in, in some bakery. But I have been to a lot of bakeries, and they all have a system where the food, nothing should come in. And if you find the violation, Please be sure to tell it to the owners. I had I was not so long ago in a place where I saw a violation, and I alerted the mashkiach because I knew if the owner heard heard about it, the owner would definitely fire the person violating the rules. I felt bad for the poor fellow, so I told the mashkiach who came in and he and he resolved it. And always the mashkiach checks the fingers. Yeah, uh, when they when they wash the hands and they wash the hands they're with to change the aprons. They, they, they rub it with a brush. And soap, and and the the, the the water is pushed by by foot, so you don't have to even touch the the, the handles. And then they afterwards they dry the hands, and they're examined by the by the mashkiach every time they go out or come in the beginning of the day when they or after lunch. So they really are on top of the situation. And mm-hmm. nobody, I've seen this a million times, nobody tries to get past that mashkiach. I mean, they're all. They stick their hands out right away to him. They won't go go to their spot unless yeah. they've been checked. 
If we have just one one more minute, I want to. We have a text. We I want to clarify a point that there are many levels of chaburis. If unless you know what you're doing, don't go for the higher levels where you're taking over the bakery and you're running it and doing what you want to do the way you want to do it. But on the lower levels where you're coming in and you're just speeding up the process and supervising that things should be happening where the mashkiach and the rav machsha want it to be happening anyway, then I think everybody should be part of it. I thank you very much, Rabbi Wright, for joining us. I think that this was uh, a wonderful experience for us to, to learn about the Chabura matzahs. And if anybody's interested in getting, whether hand machine or, or machine matzahs that are made by a Chabura in Eretz Israel under excellent control, try this number, 347-699-7377, or email elipp120 at gmail.com. And until next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine.